You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment. Wayne, I was thinking of you over the last few days because there's been so many trading updates, so many sets of results, yes. so much to digest, and today is no exception. Maybe we should pick out the ones that you do and don't like rather than go through everything. Yeah, with pleasure. What do you want to get about? Uh, let's talk retail first because I saw a tweet mm. from you after the Bick and Pay results yesterday and you said at last mm. some good news. Yes, I mean, look, their results were very, very good. And I suppose it's good news and bad news, simply because the good news for the companies, pick and pay, ShopRite, Spa, Woolworths, etc., is that food inflation is picking up. Mm. And that's very good for their profitability. But of course, it's bad news for consumers that food inflation is picking up. Well, can I just counter that argument? Because we had the CPI data for September coming out yes. today, and food inflation actually ticked down from 38 to 3.7%. And if you look at the pick and pay numbers, I think I'm right. I may be misquoting their, their numbers or misinterpreting them. I think their in-store inflation was only 2.2%. So, yes. I don't know. But it was 03 last year, yeah. last trading period. And that's the difference. It's gone from 03 to 2.2%. And will more than likely continue to go up a little bit. Mm. Look, the headline inflation number, make no mistake, was an extremely good number, which I think greatly improves the chance of an interest rate cut very soon in South Africa. But it is still going up in the actual retailer world, on, on the actual shelves. Yes. Food and Inflation is going up, which is very good for their profitability. Okay, so they, they want a little bit of inflation, but not too much. The yeah. thing that worries me about the future is that if food inflation is 3.7% within the CPI itself, within the basket, yeah. and a lot of people would say that's absolute rubbish because I'm, spend, I'm spending 10% yes, but, that's, uh, but that's the same story I've got for the last 30 years, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's because you buy salted squid and things like that and not the staples that many people do, Wayne. Maybe it's your tastes. Yeah, um, very much so. Um, so 3.7% as opposed to 2.2% within pick and pay. It tells me that pick and pay can't pass on the increases that they're receiving from their suppliers. And I've said this before in a previous podcast today. Yeah, but look, I mean, understand food inflation is 25. Food inflation, the biggest single influence there is the 25 kilogram packet of mini meal. That's what's in the, in the actual inflation numbers. Mm. There's by far the biggest the biggest influence. Whereas obviously pick and pay and the other retailers, it isn't as prominent. So yeah, but but I mean clearly food inflation going from zero almost to two percent helps. And that's why all the retailers ran strongly yesterday on the back of pick and pay's results. Yes, indeed. I'm I'm not sure that they came off a bit today. Yeah. Not too but, much yeah. though. No. Yeah, what we got we didn't get clicks today, did we? I think we're getting clicks tomorrow. Yeah, clicks didn't come out today. Cartrack came out today, and it's a very interesting company. The chaps are doing incredibly well in signing up new new subscribers, both locally and overseas. I mean, it was an extremely good set of results. Yeah, I was talking about that to Greg Davies this morning, and he was also saying this is a fantastic little company, and it's yeah, not, not, it, so, it not, really not so little anymore. I think the market cap no. is something like seven billion. The numbers, I mean, increasing their subscribers by twenty-two percent, I think it was, yes. and that's off quite a high base. An incredible performance. 
No, they've done they've done extremely well. And I mean you look at the share price, it's also done extremely well. Yeah, it's up about three percent as we pre-record this forty five minutes yeah. before the, the close. Elsewhere we saw a trading update from Distel today. Is that one you like? Yeah, that's a little bit muted. No, look, I think that's an intensely competitive market. So when you read that comment, it's just comments of slight increase in sales, but slight decrease in volume. And it seems to be across their whole portfolio, other than some premium wines, which they produce. Look, they're doing reasonably well in the ready-to-drink market, which is all all the gin mixes and stuff like that. And they're taking share away from beer. And it's actually, this trend has been in place for a very long time, that um, beer is suffering on the back of tequila and gin. But even with this trend away from beer to the ready-to-drink market, they're still getting very small volume declines in that market. And, you know, and they attribute this to, same as everyone else, the general state of the consumer. But this this industry is intensely competitive. I, I'm a little bit cautious about the distill, the industry that, that they're in. What do you drink? Are you one of the people that's boosting the numbers of the premium wines? Are you a beer drinker or nah, do you like I, a glass actually, of gin? I actually virtually don't don't drink. I'll have a glass of wine now and again, but very, very little. So I'm not I'm not changing any trends. I'm trying to. Uh, third quarter gross sales at Quilter was <laughs> three billion. 12% lower on the prior year. It's quite a big number. Yes, but I mean, that is also another incredibly intensely competitive market, the UK wealth management market. And I'll be a little bit cautious of, quite frankly, any asset management concern now, because I think the big bull market in equities behind us globally, I mean, the global bull market, we might still be able to get something from our share market because we've done nothing while the other markets have been going up strongly. So it's very, very competitive. And as I said, I think the bull market's over. I don't think it's a crash coming, but I think the big bull market is is over. But I mean, Colt is a sizable operation. And certainly if Boris Johnson can get some resolution somehow through on Brexit, all UK shares could actually show a little bit of a a run on the back of that news. And obviously, Quilter will participate in that as well. What else have we seen this week? We've seen a bad trading update from Kumba Iron Ore and indeed a muted update from the whole Anglo-American stable. What did you think of the group as a whole with all its constituents? Well, look, I mean, if you take De Beers, within Anglo-American, De Beers is actually having a torrid time. Not only is their production down because a couple of mines have come to the end of their economic lives, and uh, Venetia is swapping to a to an underground operation from an open pit operation. I mean, their their diamond production was down, what fifty sixty percent. It was quite massive. But I mean, that is temporary. Once they get the underground one going, they'll they'll recoup a lot of that. But what worried me is they were quite happy about getting these fall off in production because they say they're matching production to the overall state of the diamond market. So the actual diamond market itself is not doing well, and that's, and that's of concern. Platinum was steady. There was no change in the production there. As you mentioned, iron ore was down, and copper, I think, was okay. Copper, copper was all right. So it was a, 
a relatively muted trading update from anglers, I would think. I'm looking at the top five major moves to the downside on the share net screen. And at the top, this is unusual. Naspers down 5%, Process down 4.5%. What Can you attribute that to the announcement that they were buying into another food company, another food delivery company? Correct. Is that what it is? I, I, it's, it's related to that. Now, I read another story that this company has rejected the offer. So um, I can't verify that because I only saw it from one source. Um, but, I mean, that wouldn't be unusual in any negotiation story. Now, NASPERS stroke process have been going for these food delivery companies with great gusto over the last while. Yes. I mean, it's not only the, the delivery companies in South Africa. It's the big ones in India that they've gone for. And the rationale behind this is... The food delivery companies are really good at what they do because they've got to get the food to you while it's still hot. So they are super efficient in the system. But they really only work for three hours a day. You know, it's sort of the, the evening nighttime shift when people don't want to cook. The rest of the time, they're basically idle. And, and their rationale is they can distribute other things during the idle time. And they're very efficient, as I said, at what they do. So that's the rationale there. Now, NASPERS, outside of Tencent, is trying to do three things. They're, trying, they're doing payment systems. That seems reasonably okay. They've got the online, which actually has turned profitable, and then they've got this food delivery, which is still in the wrong part of the J-curve. So, in other words, it's still chowing money. Yes. And it'll hopefully turn, and they have great confidence that it will turn. But I think it is something related to that. You know, I haven't had a chance, or I can't get the information to see what sort of PE ratio, they're paying for it, but they're paying, a, I think, a 15 or a 20% premium to the weighted average share price over the last while. But whether they're overpaying or not, will, will you know, truly only time will tell. Yeah, but even if they have overpaid, uh, that, that will soon correct itself if the sector keeps on growing. The thing that worries me is Correct. that you can't fault the management over the over the history of, of NASPER, certainly the recent history, and processes is, is yeah. the same. But do you think they might be putting too much into this into this one sector of the economy? Or do you, as you think, as you say, there's something behind it? Look, the problem with any, I mean, what, what can you call it? Any sort of start-up type of thing. You've got to have faith that management have the right vision for how it will pan out into the future because for the first few years, they just too money. I mean, if you take 10 cents, all of the dividends coming out from 10 cents, most of that's gone into all of these startups done by NASPAS, along with a lot of gearing. A lot of gearing has gone, has gone into it. Now, I mean, we certainly have every hope that NASPAS and NASPAS's management will bring all of these acquisitions to fruition and actually make significant amount of money out of it. But, you know, it is still a vision. It's not there yet on the food delivery business. And you hope that they are, in fact, doing the right the right uh, a, a trend into, into this food delivery story. So it's not just using the distribution to distribute other things. You know, it's one of these trends. People are eating out less and cooking less and ordering in more. And you and and and, and if that trend continues, it will be successful. Yes, it will. I did an informal survey last night with uh, David Shapiro and Greg Davies on the five o'clock shadow. And David Shapiro, he said, yeah. as soon as I finish this interview at half past five, I'm going to Woolworths and I'm going to cook at home. His wife's away at the moment, so but he's doing that. He he could be tempted to phone up uh, Mr. Delivery or Uber Eats or something and like just that. Just say send yeah. Yeah, but he didn't. He said he was going to 
Google was, and Greg Davies the same. He walks across to Sandton City. He's lucky enough to live very close to there, and gets it gets it himself, and just gets a ready meal or something. Yep. So you're the third part of this now. What do you do? No, no, I I still actually cook at home. Very, very, very little home delivery. I cook at home, and then probably go and eat out. Let's say probably once a week on average. So I still like going out to a restaurant yeah. rather than ordering in. And I always feel a little bit suspicious about certain foods that are going to be delivered. You can't see what's coming out the kitchen. Maybe they're giving you something that's not quite what they would give you if you were sitting down in the restaurant. I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah, me being old-fashioned. I enjoy the atmosphere and actually just going out. It, it, uh, it, I, I, still like, I still like going to different restaurants that I haven't been to before and trying out items. Uh, I quite enjoy it, actually. Move to the United States now. Caterpillar's results came out and they were a miss. And in the pre-market, the share price was down over 5%. It then turned around and when the Dow Jones opened, it was up a little bit. I think it's down about 1% at the moment. But this is a proxy for the world economy, isn't it? Correct. And, you know, when all the financial companies reported last week, they were all quite good. Now you're seeing the companies reported reporting that are obviously directly involved with, let's call it the more the manufacturing side of the U.S. economy, but equally as important, ones that will be affected more by trade wars and all the trade sanctions and tariffs than the financial companies. So it's not unsurprising that the that their results were a little bit lower than anticipated. One thing I didn't speak about with Greg Davies and David Shapiro last night, Wayne, was the after-hours trading update from Standard Bank. Now, I know you like the banks. What did you make of this set of indications? Yeah, well, look, it's just indications. It seemed it seemed reasonably okay. But look, you know, I mean, no matter what I think about the banks, effectively what I think about them is that the shares are cheap. Mm. But the shares are going to stay cheap unless the SA. Economy, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> let's edit that out. I mean, so the shares are going to stay cheap unless the SA economy starts to improve. So, you know, my me supporting and pushing the banking shares is actually a statement that I think the SA economy will get better. It doesn't have to get good. It doesn't have to be a great economy. It's just got to be better than what the current state of affairs is. Wayne, anything else you're looking at outside of the, the large amount of companies and issues that we've spoken about in the last 15 minutes? Anything on your radar? Yeah. I still like SA listed property. I mean, you're getting a 9% yield. You know, literally three years ago, it was a 6% yield and people couldn't buy enough. Now it's a 9% yield. I know the distributions are under pressure and are not going to grow. But once again, on the same theme, if our economy just gets better, you could actually see quite a nice uh, a rise in the share prices. Because certainly, other than one or two exceptions, there's no new properties being built here. There's no new offices being built. There's very, very low, extremely low building activity levels simply because there's excess space and you can't get rental growth. So should the property, should the economy improve a little bit in the not too distant future, there might even be a little bit of a shortage of office space because no one's building it. No, but if you walk around Sanson, keep, people keep Sanson, on telling Sanson's me. Sanson's the one exception. Yeah. Okay. So that's not, that's, Sanson that's around the car train. of oversupply. Sanson, yeah. But Santon around the car train, I mean, at one stage last year sometime, I think, 
the, the immediate vicinity around the Gau train was responsible for about 60% of all building activity in the country. Wayne, yeah. travel safely this evening. That's Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio Thank manager at FNB Wealth and Investment from a windy Maritzburg. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.